0: Cambridge 105 Radio. Hello and welcome to this week's from the Pavilion podcast. Thank you very much for downloading and tuning in. Joining me on the show this week was our new co-host Nathan Johns. Callum Guest is going to take a little bit of a break due to various other commitments, but I'm sure we're hearing back on the on the program in the next few weeks and months and certainly this season at least. But anyway, I'd uh, delighted to introduce you to Nathan. Nathan, thanks for coming on the show. You're right yeah, really really good. i really enjoyed that. It was a that was a fun hour or so of, of chat. Yeah, it, it was a good show tonight. Jam packed actually and um and those listening on the podcast have got a, a good show to listen to hopefully over the next fifty minutes or so. Before they do though, let's just introduce yourself and uh and talk a bit about you really. where, where are you where are you from originally? When did you first get into the game and, and why do you love cricket?
1: Yeah, so I'm originally from Dublin, Ireland. I'm um, I'm doing my best to keep hold of the accent, but <laughs> I've been told that it's drifting away. To be um, fair,
0: there isn't really an accent in Cambridge that would possibly steer you away, so it's quite a neutral place. So you're probably quite lucky in that sense.
1: Oh yeah, very lucky in that sense. Then, but I've been here, I've been here for a while. now. this is now my fifth year in the in the uni here. So I've been
0: I've, well, I've been here long enough to try and get rid of it. Um, in fact, in fact, it, actually, can you tell? Is there an accent in Cambridge? Because there's me saying that I'm from Cambridge, so perhaps I wouldn't know, but. A little bit, yeah. It's, sure. it's definitely more distinctive than, than, say, the London one or things like that. Really? I think so. Yeah, so, it, so I think
1: there's a bit. Yeah, yeah. Have you it's got an impression subtle, of, of us like, then? No, I definitely <laughs> do not have an impression <laughs> of you. Well, <But> like, <laughs> if you've got one of me then maybe maybe, maybe we'll work on that for next week. Maybe, maybe. maybe. Anyway, sorry, crack on, you were saying. Yeah, so I'm region from Dublin. I started playing in school over there. Would have been about 10 or 11 maybe. Um, I play for YMCA Cricket Club over in Dublin. Um the cricket scene is always a bit bigger in, in Ireland and Dublin than people think, because the one question I always get is, well, you know, how many people actually play it? But more than you think, and uh, I've been playing there for a while. haven't played as much as I would like, obviously, since I came over here, um what, nearly five years ago now to, 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 to uni. But uh, yeah, ever since then, I've been playing in um, for Cambridge University, mainly for the second team, every now and then uh, for the first. managed to burgle a blue in 2019 <laughs> in, the, in the varsity game. And... Uh, I, I played a little bit of local stuff for for Saint Giles, but just sadly the last year or so, uni commitments have meant
0: that's that's been a little bit difficult. But you know, you never know. Maybe I might get back into it. I sense a debut for Bluntsham coming along very soon. Then, um, <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't lower yourself to that level, Nathan. Um, who uh, who sort of inspired you to get into cricket? Then, how did you get into? You said you played at school. Was is, is your family into the sport, or any idols that, that brought you into the game? No, not family. Not no, not not a very sporty family. Uh, dad, dad would have always
1: watched it um, a bit, but never played it. I think to be honest with you, was probably a PE teacher I had in primary school. He was English, so he he was big into bringing cricket into the school, and uh, he actually took a few of us over onto a onto a summer trip because he he had a friend who taught in taught at a school in Hastings, and a bunch of us went over there on a on a weekend and just just played loads of cricket. When I was about ten or eleven, I think, and uh, and yeah, so I just spent a weekend. Staying with a bunch of guys my age and playing loads of cricket, so if anything, that's probably what what uh, what made me fall in love with the game. Um, in terms of idols, I mean, you know, there's loads of the Irish boys um, who I absolutely love. I love Paul Sterling, for example, um, probably because of him, him and him and Owen Morgan as well. Actually, I, I I would call myself a middlesex fan because of those two boys. And uh, people have told me before that I look a bit like Alistair
0: Cook, so I I, I always I always like watching him as, as a result. You you look like him as appearance-wise, facially, or a batsman. I mean. Either or, I guess isn't too bad. No, not it? a batsman. God no, God no, as a batsman. Oh, Jesus, oh really? Like him as a batsman, oh, I, wouldn't okay. play- I wouldn't
1: be playing. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be playing at this level, would I? <laughs> if I looked like him as a batsman, um, <laughs> yeah, no, he yeah, he can play
0: the pull shot, unlike me. <laughs> so uh... <laughs> you can play any shot, unlike me. Um, <laughs> but how big is is cricket over in Ireland? Then for for us over here, I guess we don't really know too much. How, how big is it compared to say other sports like rugby or, or football? I mean, nowhere near as big as those, um, obviously, because
1: it just doesn't have the same pedigree in Ireland as it would over here. But I mean, it depends where you are as well. I mean, where my club is in Dublin, there's three other clubs within a ten-minute walking distance. So that you know, in that particular part of the city, it's 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 pretty big. Um, the community is is big enough that you know you can, you have to do a bit of traveling to get to some games, but it's also small enough that most people know each other, um, which has been quite beneficial actually because. Uh, my club has actually been in a bit of trouble recently in terms of our ground has been sold out because we don't own the ground. It's been sold out from underneath us, so we don't have a ground at the minute. So having that kind of tight-knit, small cricket community has been useful because we've been able to use some other grounds, training facilities and stuff like that while we, while we try and get sorted. So, uh, yeah, the answer is, is big, bigger than you'd think, but uh, small enough that most people know each other.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. So lastly then, before we <laughs> let people listen to the podcast, because that is why they've actually clicked on <laughs> on this week's show, not to hear us ramble on, but how you found Cambridge? Settled in, I mean, obviously been here five years, but enjoyed it? Oh, I love it. I mean, I was only supposed to be here for four and kind of just,
1: just uh, fell in love with the place and thought, you know what, I fancy another year here. Um, so, yeah, no, it's a very easy place to, to get comfortable. It's a very beautiful town and uh, lots of nice cricket grounds
0: as well. So, yeah, no, I absolutely love it seems a very appropriate and nice point to uh, finish our little chat then and talk about this week's podcast or let people listen to this week's podcast, at least. Nathan, thanks for joining us this week. And, of course, you'll be with us for many more weeks to come. Cheers, Ollie. See you next week. Nathan John's there. He'll be joining us as our new co-host on From the Pavilion on Cambridge 105 Radio. All that's left to say, then, is I hope you enjoy this week's podcast. As ever, if you could like, comment... And subscribe, that would be very much appreciated. We're at FTP Cricket 105 on Twitter and Facebook. Here is this week's pod. From the Pavilion on Cambridge 105 Radio. Hello and welcome along to the local cricket show where we ran up all of the action from around the county here in Cambridgeshire. This is From the Pavilion and my name is Ollie Slack and on today's show I'm joined by Nathan Johns and Newmarket Cricket Club captain Mark Nunn to discuss their fantastic start to the season. <laughs> We'll be hearing from Cambridge University captain Nick Taylor after their 4 wicket victory over Oxford in their 50-year varsity match at Lord's on Sunday. We'll also be chatting to Jonah Tanakala of St Ives Town and Warboys about their inclusive cricket programme and, as ever, we'll round up the local action in the East Anglian Premier League and and Hunt's Premier Leagues too. Mark Nunn will also be asking his big question... if you want to chip in with the debate in Mark's big question then you can do head over to our Twitter and Facebook pages at FTP Cricket 105 and also get in touch with your views on anything cricket related whether it be nationally or domestically or in Cambridgeshire. we'd love to hear them Thanks very much for tuning in. And also, if you're listening in on the podcast too, there are, of course, other ways to get in touch. 07919 070 490 is the number to text. You can email us at studio at Cambridge105.co.uk as well. As I said, we are on social media at FTP Cricket 105. Delighted to welcome on my co-host this week, Nathan Johns from Cambridge University. Nathan, thanks for coming on the show. Really appreciate you uh, you joining me. How you doing, Ollie? Thanks for having me on. Yeah, good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, not doing too well. Enjoying the fact that uh, it's looking like a sunny evening for once. <laughs> yeah, the weather, as I feel like I'm talking about far too much on this show, but uh, only because it's been so bad, but the weather has been awful. so nice to sort of see some sunshine. Have you had many games called off so far this season due to the bad weather? Surprisingly, me personally, I've actually been all right. I haven't had anything called off
1: yet. Granted, I wasn't playing this weekend, and I know it was bad. I think you can forgive forgive yourself for constantly talking about the weather. I think <laughs> if there's one sport where weather it's fair enough to dominate the chat. It's probably cricket, isn't it?
0: Yeah, it's a good point. Thanks for that. that that's nice. Nice to hear. Anyway, so so you play for Cambridge University? How have you have you fared so far this campaign? We'll obviously chat more about the, the Lord's victory later on. But yourself
1: on a personal record, probably probably don't mention the war. Uh, haven't <laughs> haven't known what side of the bat to hold. I think is the best way to describe uh, my own personal form this year. Uh, but as, I mean after the year we've had I'm just delighted to be to be out playing cricket and I've been
0: playing you know a little bit of first team but largely second team with the uni this year yeah but hey form is temporary class is permanent that's what they say and uh, I'm sure you'll be uh, back amongst the runs uh, very very soon have you have you found I say just getting back out there and enjoying it really because it's been a, a long year for for so many and uh, a long winter as well as it always is when you're a cricketer yeah I mean well it's just been fantastic hasn't it um you know
1: we've been lucky at the at the uni we've had a they've tried to make up for the lack of fixtures over the last 12 months by cramming 12 months worth of fixtures into the, the last two months <laughs> so uh, we we've been playing every every other day it seems like so uh, it's almost got to the stage where we're getting a bit sick of it which seems <laughs> ridiculous to say after after everything that's going on but but yeah we're uh, we're very fortunate and it's just fantastic to be back
0: yeah it's great to be back a number of sides who will be grateful to be back as well are those at the top of the Cambridgeshire and Huntingdonshire Premier Leagues, and let's round up the results from Division 1 from the weekend. There were wins for Histon, Eaton, Soken, Ramsey defeated Foxton, so a, a, a big win for them. March Town also won, and there was a a, a cracking individual display as well. Saranga Rajaguru hit 55 and took a six for, so if there was an award for Player of the Week, it would probably go to him. That's fantastic form there for, for March Town. And Stamford Town also victorious on the weekend, leaving the league table as follows: Histon sit top, as we've said lots of times on this show, seem like the the side to be. Eaton Socon second, Stamford third, of course newly promoted uh, two years ago from the second division. Foxton fourth, they take up the last playoff spot. Marchtown fifth, Ramsey sixth, Wisbech seventh, Cambridge St. Giles eighth, and the two relegation spots occupied by Cambridge second eleven. And St Ives Town and Warboys, who of course won last year's cup competition, didn't they? So surprised really to see them at the bottom, but still a long way to go really in, a, in this season, especially for those sides in the, the Camden Hunts Premier League Division 1. Also a shout out to Foxton, who recovered from their loss on Saturday to defeat Eaton Soken by 60 runs on Sunday in round three of the National Village Cup they will play Histon in the Cambridgeshire and Norfolk final. so congrats to them that looks like a really tasty match that one but it's time to talk about a team hoping to gain promotion into the first division this season the current leaders of the Camden Hunts Premier League Division 2, and that is Newmarket. And I'm delighted to say I'm now joined by their skipper, Mark Nunn, on the line. Mark, thanks for coming on the show this evening.
2: Hi, Ollie, Thanks for having me.
0: How are you doing? You well?
2: Very well, yeah. And yourself?
0: Yeah, you're not too bad. Not too bad, thank you. Um, I, I was sort of thinking earlier, Mark, when I was sort of looking at your results and, um, and your stats for the season, it's just great to have a team sort of from Newmarket in Newmarket again playing because it's obviously such a big town and notoriously big with sport and and known for that across the country it just seems great that Newmarket is being represented again how good is it to be playing for Newmarket
2: yeah it's great it really is I mean like you said a a town that's renowned for horse racing shouldn't just be about that I mean although that's always going to take sort of centre stage I think it's nice to have a, a cricket Club in, in in a town like Newmarket. I mean, it's a big town, and um, you know, for us to represent them, it's uh, it's a proud moment for us.
0: When did the, the town last have a team? Do you know?
2: Uh, I believe it was two thousand
0: and seventeen. Okay, so we're not talking moons and moons ago.
2: No, I think four or five years ago. I think it's when they when they folded. I think they moved um, to the ground in Newmarket Several's uh, in two thousand and ten, and then unfortunately, it sort of folded in two thousand and seventeen.
0: Sort of just underlines the uh, the roller coaster ride of sort of village cricket, isn't it, over over the last few years, really, and that lots of teams have, have come and gone and, and and risen up and then and then folded again. Um, and uh, and great to see the side sort of rise back from from the ashes, if you like, this time around. Uh, but the, the the club itself has been going on for, I presume, some time because I was doing some research today, and that the football club Newmarket Town played on a on a ground called Cricket Field Road back in 1885 so presumably new market have had a a cricket club for a long time
2: yeah it's got a big history actually in the town for, for cricket actually and then funny enough we've had a, a lot of guys um since the club has been sort of newly formed or reformed whatever you want to call it um we've had a lot of people from the old club actually email in and actually say they've sort of given us a an insight into the history and they'd, they'd quite like a piece to go on sort of the website about the previous club because obviously it dates back a long time like you said so um you no know, it's, it's great i mean to be honest i think they played at the cricket field road as you said and then they moved to the george lampton uh, playing fields and then in 2010 uh, they moved to the severals
1: hi mark uh, nathan here you mentioned that it hasn't been that long since the since there was a cricket team in Newmarket, so maybe you still have a, a few old players knocking about the place but where have you got most of your players from for this year
2: Um, I think there's a few from the old club that have uh, have joined, obviously rejoined. Um, We've had a lot of stable lads in and around Newmarket who have joined as well. Um, And then we did did quite a big sort of marketing push in terms of sort of like the website. Um, The Newmarket Journal supported us really well with articles uh, and also social media. We've tried to sort of, you know, make that as modern and creative as possible. So um, with that sort of managed to sort of create a lot of inquiries. about joining the club um, and then through through sort of players as well who have sort of contacts and networking, whatever, managed to sort of bring some players from other clubs as well. So that's how we've sort of created a, a sort of side this year.
1: So it sounds like it's been a relatively smooth recruitment process then?
2: Yeah, it has actually. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're to be honest, at Christmas we had four players, um, but if you fast forward to sort of, sort of the first league game, uh, in, in April last month, we had 30 signed-on senior players. So I think we've done really well in that respect.
0: How were you sort of affected by the, the COVID pandemic, Mark? Did, did you have a team ready for last year or, or did last year sort of help in a sense, almost like a trial run?
2: No, we didn't have a team for last year. I mean, the, the club was actually officially um, formed on the 21st of, of August last year. So um, that's sort of quite late on in the season. Um, but yeah, that's really how it's of gone gone about, really.
0: And how have the, the past few months been? Sort of give us a timeline, if you like, of, of, of for, for example, anyone listening, you might think, yeah, my village stopped playing weeks ago, or you know, months ago, or years ago, and I'm and, and desperate to start it up. How's that sort of process been? Sort of spell it out for us.
2: Um, I mean, October 2020 was sort of the, the first time we sort of launched the club to the sort of public. Um, November 2020, we've got the keys to the ground. Uh, like I said, at Christmas, we had four players. And then since then, we've sort of grown the club. Basically, in the, in the off months, but normally most clubs, what they would do, they would they would hire indoor nets for the winter, and then they would have a program. Obviously, invite people. They can have some nets. They can meet everybody, and then usually there's like a smooth integration into the season. We haven't had that, so obviously COVID has played a big part in us. We're, we're literally on the first game. I remember we had a friendly with St. Ives and Warboys, and some of the lads have not even met each other. So it was, <laughs> it was, it was, it was just basically a group of lads turned up. But you know, slowly but surely, since everything started to sort of open up, and we've managed to be able to train on our ground and play some games, everyone has sort of integrated well together.
0: Yeah, it's the case with so many teams, I think. Speaking to Nick Taylor, the university captain, we're going to hear from later on about the how he's had to sort of bring his side together because obviously in the lockdown and not really having too much time to train, I think they were granted elite status for a couple of weeks where they're able to net and other than that, not really having too much time at all. And it sort of seems similar to yourself as well, but clearly... Results on the pitch suggest you've you've gelled really well. Won three out of, of four so far, and and the other game was cancelled due to weather. So you must feel in good nick.
2: Yeah, no, very pleased with the start we've had. um To be honest, the last couple of weeks have been uh, uh, a real struggle, obviously with the weather to try and get the games on. So it's been a real achievement actually just to play, you know, a game of cricket at the weekend. So we've done really well in that respect, uh, both home games as well. So we've had you know lads um, in and out of work, being able to go down the ground, cover the pitch. Then come off when there's sort of like a dry spell for some sun and wind, <laughs> um, and then go back on when it's obviously due to rain again. So, to be honest, it's it, it's not just about sort of the individuals on the pitch of one of the games. It's been a whole collective effort, you know what I mean, of just off the pitch but also on the pitch of everyone pulling together, and, and that's sort of how we've managed to have a sort of a, a good start.
0: Four out the top five run scorers in the league as well. I had to double check that stat because it's a, a cracking <laughs> one. Maxford, Pipe, yourself. Ziaf Kalassian and Amit Gupta as well, and then you've got Freddie Statham, who's the joint, who's taken the joint second most wickets in the in the division as well. Which, as I said earlier, is Cambs Hunts Premier League Division Two. You mentioned gelling earlier. How do you think you have managed to gel so quick? Because performances on the pitch clearly, clearly prove you have.
2: Yeah, I mean, I guess it's come down to um, you know intelligence on the pitch, uh, skill set of the players, um, and then obviously a togetherness of where everyone's trying to buy into the same thing. Um, i mean what can i say we've, we've played good cricket i suppose um that's as much as really can come down to it you know i can't really say anything more than that really because you know we've just managed to like i said be intelligent at the right moments and um you know like for example saturday we, we came against uh a kim bolton side who won the toss and bowled on a you know slightly damp conditions we were overcast as well and they, and they bowled really well and they made us really work hard for our runs so to post 174 might not sound a lot in 40 overs but actually In the end, it was a winning score we were very happy with. So, you know, that's quite intelligent cricket, to be honest, to get ourselves from, you know, a position where we'd like to score over 200. But to get 170, it was actually a really good effort, believe it or not.
0: Aims for the club, not just this season or firstly this season, but also in the future years to come, are we potentially looking at maybe a second team? Great to get some youth set up and and some girls playing as well
2: yeah absolutely uh, the second team for next year is a, a big priority for us um we've just got to sort of double check that we can we can have the ground sort of every week for next year but that's that's definitely something that we want to do and put, put a second side in in the leagues the youth section this year we launched it um, and we've got fifteen uh, juniors signed on which is a which is a really good achievement so far um next year we'd like to enter some sort of youth size in the league but I mean it's very difficult when Newmarket's not had a side and nobody's known about cricket in, in Newmarket for a while. So a lot of the kids who go to schools, they'll go to other clubs, and rightly so. I mean a lot of clubs have got some fantastic junior setups around locally. So it's going to take us time to build, but it's something that we're definitely here for sort of the long term, it's not just a sort of a short term fix.
0: Mark, thanks for now. We'll chat more later on. Fascinating, really, to get the insight into how Newmarket has been set up over the past few months and uh, clearly set up very well because they're going really well indeed. Top of the Division 2 at the minute in the Camden Hunts Premier Leagues. From the Pavilion on Cambridge 105 Radio. Yeah, let wrap up the APL now. And only two of our local teams played once again this weekend Cambridge and Bowl Berl- and Exning were called off before a Balls Bowl against Mildenall and Horsford respectively. So the two teams in action were Saffron Walden and Sawson and Babraham. Now Saffron Walden lost by nine wickets to frinton on C, but the story of the weekend really was with Salson and Baberham and their four-wicket victory over Salson. It was a rerun of last year's Cup final. It was built up as a really big game, and Salson and Baberham came out on the winning side. A win which moves them to the top of the division as well. Let's hear from the skipper, Dan Heath.
3: I think it was one of them, actually, where actually none of us really expected to play. Um, obviously, the weather's just been horrendous for three weeks. So when we got over that kind of feeling and we won the toss, and it was obviously a good toss to win the pitch, you been covered for five days. Like there's no getting away from it. You know, you just kind of go about your work like it's anybody you're playing, but you just know with them that the next player that comes out can get a 50 or 100. You know, you, there's some teams, and not a lot in this league, because that's the, the step up in the premise that guys just keep coming and keep coming, whereas... Previously, and whether it be Whiting's one or whatever, you know, you've got two or three good players. And you if you got those out, you won the game, basically. But with Swords, then it's just a case of you've got to just keep going and going and going. Um, so it, it was just another game in one sense. But then also at the same time, you, you can't ignore the fact that to me and to a lot of people, they are the best team in in, in division, not just for ability, but experience and all this stuff. So, so, yeah, another game. But also, you know, you've got to have the fact that you're playing probably the best team in, at the front of your mind as well.
0: And this season, you just continued really where you where you left off last year in terms of reaching the cup final, and that was your, your first year in the APL. This year, your second year. Have you even perhaps surprised yourself at how quickly you've you've taken to the not necessarily the standard, but just adapting to all the different things that come with being in, in a new division? Because you sit obviously eighteen points clear at, at the top after six games.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I I am surprised, and I'm and, I, and I'm and I'm not surprised. I, I am surprised because. You're going to have bad days um, and you're going to play poorly at some point. And we did that last year and we got beat both times. So I'm kind of surprised that's not happened more, that we've been able to kind of sustain a level of performance when we're playing. That being said, a lot of us are on quite a long winning run in terms of the amount of cricket we've won over the last, not just going back two years, but like, I mean, you can almost count on one hand, I think, the amount of games we've lost over four years. Winning just gets into kind of just you just get used to it after a while. Which I don't mean to sound really arrogant with that, but you just kind of get that feeling and you play well and just things start to happen. So, yeah, it has surprised us um, to a degree. But then again, I'm not surprised because we've got a very strong squad. I think we we recruit very well. I can say we've got five players out still who five or four or five would start. Um, and to be still putting in performances like we have is is kind of testament to the to the quality of the squad we've got. So, so yeah. Although I am surprised. I'm not not really too surprised that that we're still playing well. Really, ambitions and uh, haven't changed. It's just the case of finishing as high as we can. If that happens to be first, then that'd be amazing. If it's not, and we've improved from last year, then that's that's a good season as far as we're concerned.
0: Yep. So everything is going the way of Salford and Bayram at the minute. They're playing some cracking stuff and top of the league as well. Cambridge dropped to the bottom of the table, though, as a result of not playing. However, their fortunes turned around in the T20 EAPL Cup on Sunday. Now, in Group A, with Bernal Exing, Sawston and Bayram, and Saffron Walden, they thrashed Bernal Exing by nine wickets in Game 1, before defeating Saffron Walden in the final. They will take on Bury St Edmunds and Swordstone in the EAPL finals day at a later date. So, Cambridge captain Lewis Hill was a happier man when I spoke to him yesterday, and he is still very confident they can turn their league form around.
4: To lose the first three and then have two washed out is is not ideal. We're not in the greatest position league-wise, but when you look at the, the table as well, it's it's only a couple of wins and, and everything changes, really. So, we've been in this position before. I've actually won the Premier League from being bottom halfway through the season. So that's how how things can change. So, yeah, frustrating start, but there's been a lot of positives. There's been a lot of good individual performances across the, the games that we have played. It's just been a case of doing it as a team consistently rather than one or two people. So, yeah, we're obviously hugely frustrated to, to not have recorded a win yet, but we know that we can only go up from here, basically. So uh, there's there's good things happening. There's it's a good attitude within the team. Yeah, let's talk about
0: Sunday because we often speak about T Twenty when it sort of comes in midway point or a bit into the season that it gives players a chance to free their arms and and really go and express themselves. I imagine that's a perfect example of that for you guys on the weekend in that you played two games, won them both, you through to the final stage, and, and you're hoping that should maybe spark some form in the in the league campaign.
4: Yeah, definitely. I'll see. Like you say, we did put in some good performances. We we did bowl well playing at, at Saffron is a difficult ground to. To stop boundaries, it's a small ground. It's pink balls, nice and hard, so it does fly off the bat. You know, especially with six overs, only having two fielders outside the ring as well. So, yeah, I thought you know we put in a really good display across both games. Obviously, it was quite a convincing win against against Burwell, which was nice. Obviously, Michael Pepper batted really well and, and and made it look easy for us, and we got there you know comfortably in the end. And the, the second game, the final game against Saffron Warden was a little bit trickier. Um, again, we, we bowled really well, had them in a tough position at 50-odd for five, I think. And then Alex Sears, who obviously used to play for us, he likes to, to score runs against us when he comes back and plays and batted really well and got them into a, probably a just below par score, really, on that ground. And it was tight. We I think we won with three balls to spare. We were you know, pleased to be into the, the final in, a, I think, it's probably gonna be in a few weeks' time. Well, well, one thing we always have Regardless of the previous results, is the belief that we can we can beat anyone. The league is so highly contested as well that we, we know no game is going to be easy. But yeah, we we're looking forward to next Saturday now after the results yesterday.
0: So, Southampton, top of the East Anglian Premier League, and you have to go some way down the table to find our next local side, Burnley Exning in 7th 74 points and Saffron Walden and Cambridge make up the bottom two respectively. With regards to this weekend, Cambridge travel to Copdock and Old Itz, in, League leaders Sourcen and Abraham are at Barry St Edmunds. Burn Lexing make their trip to Swordston and Saffron Walden host Sudbury. Olly Slack and Nathan Johns with you on From the Pavilion, your local cricket show here on Cambridge 105 Radio. We'll be chatting more to Mark Nunn later on, but after the break we'll be discussing a win for Cambridge University in the rain at Lords.
3: Cambridge 105
0: Radio. From the Pavilion on Cambridge 105 Radio. You're welcome back to From the Pavilion here on Cambridge 105 Radio. Now, on Sunday, nine days after losing by nine wickets in the Varsity T20 match at Furness, Cambridge University defeated Oxford by four wickets in a rain-affected game at Lord's. It's probably best if uh, <laughs> if Nathan discusses this one because he was he was there at Lord's in the rain. Nathan, firstly, a brilliant result for Cambridge, but it was a, a funny old day, off and on for rain quite a bit, but in the end, Cambridge got the, the job done. Just explain to us what happened, because it's a, a little bit confusing with the old duck with Lewis in the end. Yeah, well I mean there's probably only only one place to start and that was the the
1: incredible match winning innings of 93 not out from 50 balls from Aaron Amin, the uh, the Emmanuel College all-rounder. He came in at a point in the game where Cambridge were definitely, you know, every they were looking to build a little bit chasing chasing a Duckworth with Lewis adjusted target but um they were always a slightly behind the rate, um and Amin is is known as one of Cambridge's more destructive batsmen so as long as he was at the crease, there was always hope. But I think what happened next was was definitely. I don't think anyone anyone who backed out thought that this would be possible. He had four fours and, and eight sixes and just went at about ten and over for the last or oh, the last eight overs or so um, to pull off a ridiculous chase. Um, he hit one over off the off spinner for for twenty three runs, including three incredible sixes, playing against the spin over the off side. So, you know, his his second innings knock was absolutely fantastic. Earlier on in the day, like you said, there was a lot of rain about initially. They started on time and they stopped after 15.2 overs and um, thankfully that initial delay was quite short um, I think as soon as the covers came on the rain stopped so they went straight back out so that was five minutes or so if that but then not too long after um, the rain came again and that second delay ended up being about three hours long nearly um, at one point the players did actually get back onto the pitch but as soon as they were about to bowl the bo- bowl um, the rain started again so back off and then back on again except this time the players only got to the to the sideline and the Cambridge boys were uh, were going through their bowl-throughs and their warm-ups and then the rain started again. So it was all a bit ridiculous really and eventually the match got reduced to 29 overs after about three hours. Um, Oxford came out after the rain delay and just simply smashed it everywhere. Um, George Hargrave was 105, not out of 81 balls. Um, fantastic innings considering I think he only bought up his 50 in the 21st or 22nd over and then seven overs later he was on a ton so he really accelerated fantastically and then he was supported by Tom Nodda, who was the the just you know the chief destroyer from the 2020 last week with his 64 net out he he hit 41 off 27 balls um, as Oxford really put the pe- put you know put the foot down um I can't I can't lie to you Ollie I don't really know why Cambridge went from chasing t- 230 to chasing 215. <laughs> Duckworth Lewis did something uh, there. I- I'm not going to pretend I, I know what <laughs> what the equation was, but that's what it was. And you know, those extra 15 runs that they didn't have to chase maybe came. You know, might have been a bit of a help considering they only needed nine yeah. runs off the last over. But uh, it didn't start very well. Um, Chris Searle, the Oxford captain, in his first game of the season. Um, funnily enough, because he's been injured all year, he bowled Harry Huyon. Uh, with a third, sec- third second or third ball of the over. So things didn't get off to the best start, but then uh, skipper Nick Taylor consolidated with uh, Alex Moen. Um, they put on 76 for the second wicket, which meant by the time that Amin came in, at least there was a bit of a platform there for, for his heroics.
0: Yeah, it was a, a fantastic innings from Aaron Amin, wasn't it? Just to, just to clarify then and, and, and dot the I's and, and cross the T's, as you said, Oxford finished on two two nine for for four. Cambridge will set a revised target of 215 and despite losing wickets at regular intervals, they were 124 for five at one point. They did win by four wickets with Aaron Amin on 93, not out. Now, I did speak to Nick Taylor, we're going to hear from him in just a bit, but on on why they were set only 215 to win when Oxford were batting for 15.2 overs, thinking it was a 50-over game, and then had to try and hit it up to to 229. He he said there were a a few things, possibly. Losing three wickets early on would have been a problem for them in a 50-over game, but it wasn't the case in a in a 29-over game because obviously then it was a 50-over game you got more chance of, of eventually getting out. They also had 10 overs of a power play compared to... of power play one, sorry, compared to Cambridge's six. And Cambridge hadn't planned their bowlers to only have five or six overs at the Oxford Batsman, They were expected 10 and the same with the fields as well. So there's perhaps some of the, the thinking, if there is any thinking behind Duckworth Lewis, to why they were set 215. But hey... On the scorecard, Cambridge win by four wickets. And that man, Nick Taylor, was a very happy man indeed. He spoke to Nathan after the game.
1: Here we are with Nick Taylor, the Cambridge captain, moments after Cambridge have defeated Oxford by four wickets. Nick,
5: pretty nervy ending. How how was it up there in the changing room? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, pretty tense. Um, I was probably sweating quite a lot for the last hour and a half maybe. But um, we all had complete faith that if Aaron was there at the end... There's no way we lose that game. Um, And the way he was hitting the ball today was unbelievable. Like, ball striking, like, just incredibly impressive. Really,
1: really good. Of course, Aaron scored 93 off 50 to win the game for the Light Blues. Talk to me about earlier on in the day, though. um, Last year, you captained, and the Lord's game didn't happen for obvious reasons. This year, we finally get here, and we're on for rain. Off again, you're on, about to bowl the first ball, and then the rain comes
5: out back again. Mm. Did you think it was going to happen? Um, Yeah, I mean, earlier frustrating, I guess we've all got here. We've spent sort of weeks uh, preparing for this game. So frustrating to be on and off the pitch. But um, in the end, we got a game in obviously a shortened game Um, for a while. I thought that was going to play against us, but that knock from Aaron at the end obviously saw us over the line. Um, Coming out after the the second rain break, Oxford actually went incredibly well. Um, Tom Nodder and George Hargrave for them also, just striking the ball really cleanly. Um, so yeah, overall a brilliant game of cricket. Um, to be fair, and great to get it on.
1: And obviously, the sense of occasion here, playing at Lords, obviously very picturesque uh, surroundings and historic. And you've played here before, but there are a few maybe who who haven't in this Cambridge eleven. What was what was said before the game, if anything, to kind of to, to capture that sense of occasion while also making sure guys
5: stayed pretty level-headed? Yeah. So one of our big focuses was trying to, to treat it like another game, like another training session, which is difficult, but it's avoiding all the distractions with the stands and the setting and the ground and just focusing on your skills. Um, And we felt that the side that could do that the best and get the basics right were likely to be successful. Um, So that was what we were trying to emphasize as much as possible, Um, trying to take away a lot of the, the pressure that comes with that sense of occasion and just execute our skills. You guys definitely executed your skills at the end, yeah. especially Aaron. Thanks
1: for your time, Nick.
0: That was uh, Nick Taylor there chatting to Nathan after the match on Sunday. So a four wicket win for Cambridge University and tremendous achievement, really, considering it was, what nine days earlier they got battered in the in the T Twenty and then going on to to win the match at Laws. Mark Nunn from Newmarket is uh, is still with us. Mark, have you ever played at Have you ever
2: played at Lords? Um, no, I was at Middlesex Academy when I was a Ooh. junior, so I played at the uh, nursery ground, but um, never oh. played at the main ground, unfortunately.
0: Who do you, uh, who do you play of in Middlesex Academy? Anyone, anyone we know or we will know?
2: Um, well, I remember playing a Surrey Twos game um, against them and they had Azam Mood. It was pretty unplayable.
0: <laughs> 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 oh. oh, dear me. Uh, and what's the best ground you've played at, though, other than, other than well, probably the nursery ground was, was pretty nice, but other than that?
2: Um, I've played at the Rose Bowl. Actually, which oh, is a wow. nice ground.
0: Yeah, yeah. That must that must have been amazing. Who was that for?
2: Uh, that was for Middlesex twos when I was, uh, I was about seventeen actually. <laughs> so I played against Hampshire twos. Uh, that was uh, a <laughs> quite a nice one. For
0: real, yeah. That is a, a cracking ground. I went there a couple of years ago for the the twenty nineteen World Cup for England West Indies, and uh, yeah, the sun was wow, well, such a lovely day. You couldn't have picked a, a nicer day, and it was a fantastic result for England as well against West Indies. But the ground was uh, picture perfect. At the end. Right, we're going to move on though, and we'll talk to, to both Nathan and Mark a little bit more later on. But now we're going to chat St Ives Town and Warboys. From the Pavilion on Cambridge 105 Radio. Yep, St Ives Town and Warboys have announced the launch of a six week inclusive cricket programme designed to provide cricketing opportunities to those with physical and learning disabilities. Joe Kola joins me now. Joe, thanks very much for, for coming on the show. How are you doing? Yeah,
6: good Thanks, Holly. How are you?
0: Yeah, not too bad. Thank you. Um, Firstly, how did this idea come about? Because it sounds a a brilliant initiative.
6: Well, it came about really um, from the merger itself. You know, we wanted to to bring cricket um, back to both St. Ives and Warboys in general as it was tying out in both areas. Uh, and, And with that plan, we wanted to try and branch out to everyone uh, and make it a, a cricket for all clubs so this has been part of the plan for a co- good couple of years now as part of our own club development plan and it was just this uh, this lockdown that really gave us a chance to, to put everything into place and we're really lucky that we've got a couple of good coaches who have worked in disability sport before so it was a perfect chance to launch it
0: six-week inclusive program what are the sorts of activities that you'll be offering
6: a lot of it's going to be, um, you know, learn the basics of cricket, try and understand the, the group that we're going to be attracting as well. So, you know, we're going to have a, a big range of, um, of ages as well as different disabilities. So they all come with, you know, different challenges for the coach, but we're going to try our best to put some fun skill sessions on, some game-based activities, uh, and just try and, like, increase the knowledge of cricket them- itself uh, with the group. So it should be, you know, quite an all-round uh, programme for the guys who, who join in.
0: And lockdown has been been tough for, for everyone to some degree, hasn't it? But I can't be, begin to really imagine how tough it, it must have been for people with disabilities, whether it be sort of you know, reduced access to support or care or just for people's mental health, really. And being able to see friends and, and play sport. How, how important do you think a programme like this could be to the, the communities of both St Ives and Warboys, Joe?
6: I think it's imperative that we, we work with these groups, if I'm honest, Ollie. I mean, um, the guys, like you said, the, the guys probably haven't had the, the opportunity to get out and do a lot during lockdown, and it's just a great way for them now to learn something new if they haven't ever played before. Uh, locally as well, we've got such a um, a, a good group of, of um guys who um around the local area from more boys and eyes and the surrounding areas as well who um would really fit in well with this sort of program it's about reaching out to them now and giving them opportunities so it's it's so important that we we branch out as a club now and make it like i said that cricket for all environment
0: yeah absolutely have, have you had much intake so far is it is has it been a popular initiative
6: yeah, so far, it's been, we've had a lot of uh, inquiries. We've had a few bookings come in as well, which is really positive. Um, so, I mean, we've, we've got two sessions running a week for six weeks. So we've got a Saturday and a Wednesday morning. So, um, you know, we'll see different groups of people come at different times, depending on, on their own circumstances. Um, but we wanted to make sure that we weren't just limited to a single session. We wanted to make sure that we were able to hit a variety of different people. So we hope that both will be as popular as each other. But, um yeah, we'll soon find out when the when the sessions start. <laughs> and
0: my perception may be wrong, but other than sort of off the top of my head thinking about sort of CAMS cricket, who do a lot of initiatives and and schemes in in this sort of ilk, I, I, there isn't doesn't seem to be many cricket clubs offering this sort of thing. Would, would that be fair to say? I mean, do you think clubs should should try and do more? I know. Money is an issue to, to all grassroots clubs and especially some of those clubs perhaps who only have a couple of teams down the sort of lower leagues. But there are clubs with, with sponsors towards the top ends of the, the leagues in Cambridgeshire. Is this something you'd, you'd like to see other clubs do more of perhaps?
6: Absolutely. I think that, you know, like you said, money does become an issue sometimes, especially when you've got a lot of volunteers in the club who also do a lot of the legwork on a day-to-day basis within the club um i also think that you know if you've got the resource and the time to put something on um for disability sport i think it's so it's such a it's such a worthwhile opportunity to do so i mean we we were really lucky that we were awarded a grant to be able to get the first um sort of block of sessions on um from the ecb um through the the funds uh, for runs uh, funding so you know we we've profited from that if you like and we're using that to, to to get these sessions on so you know we've we've obviously had to go down that route as well um but appreciate that obviously other clubs don't have them resources so it's but once like i said if you can if you can do it if you've got the time the resource you've got the people to do it absolutely i think it's a great way of getting people involved in cricket
0: yeah yeah absolutely joe and and if people want to find out more the listing now and they want to know more how can they
6: uh, the best thing to do is to go onto our Facebook page at St Ives and War Boys Cricket Club on the Facebook pages uh, and they can scroll down and have a look at there. There's links and everything on there. There's also you know, email addresses to, to understand more about the sessions as well. Uh, like I say, we've had plenty of inquiries so far from you know, parents or carers and, and different groups. So you know, they are using that, that uh, email address to get hold of us. So you know, don't be afraid to, to drop us a line and we can happily take any questions as well.
0: Joe, thanks so much for your time. We'll also post it on our socials afterwards so people can, can really get to see this. Thanks so much for your time.
6: Cheers, Ollie. Thanks a lot, mate.
0: Joe not Nicola there from St Ives Town and Warboys talking us through their fantastic, what appears to be a really fantastic idea. It's a six-week inclusive cricket programme designed to provide cricketing opportunities for those with physical and learning disabilities. Cambridge 105 Radio From the Pavilion on Cambridge 105 Radio. Yeah, welcome back to the Cricket Show here on Cambridge 105 Radio. Ollie Slack and Nathan Johns bringing it to you this week. We've also got Newmarket skipper Mark Nunn who's there joining us. We'll be chatting to him more later on, actually, and he'll be asking us his big question. Now, you've still got time to vote for your views on his big question, which was, should the rest of the Camden Hunts Premier League follow the First Division and wear coloured clothing too? We'll be discussing it around about 10 to 7, just before, in fact, And so far, 75% say yes, 25% say no. Head to our Twitter at FTP Cricket 105 to cast your vote. I'm just popping it. There you go. Yeah, it's pinned at the top of the profile now, so you don't even have to scroll down. Saving you the time. Right. So next week, on next week's show, we'll talk a little bit about next week now, uh, because... On the show, we'll be kick-starting the FTP Quiz Cup involving 16 local clubs across Cambridgeshire as they compete one against one to be crowned champions. So tonight, we'll be doing the draw live (laughs) for the first round involving all 16 teams. The winners of each tie will go straight into the quarter-finals to be played at a a later date, so... Each club will battle it out against one another, basically like a last-16, quarter-final, semi-final, final, -final, final, etc. You get the idea. Now, there's a number of clubs involved. From 1 to 16, these are seeded on their current league position, their first team's current league position, and I'm going to draw them at random out of a uh, well, I've got this bag here. It's very, very low budget. Very low budget. It's actually my headphones bag with uh, some scrunched bits of paper in. Because uh, well, I say low budget. We don't have a budget at all. But uh, the 16 clubs are Sawston and Abraham, Burwell and Exoning, Saffron Walden, Cambridge, Histon, Eaton Soken, Foxton, Marchtown, Ramsey, Wisbeach Town, Saint Ives Town, and Warboys. Cambridge NCI, City of Ely, Needingworth, Bluntisham, and Islam. So clubs all ranging from the top divisions. And uh, yeah, well, I can say it myself as a and player, slightly lower down the, the pyramid. And uh, you know, if they want to, the clubs can mix it up. They can put a different player in each week, or if they're happy with uh, with who they've got, they can uh, keep them going. But uh, yeah, let's let's draw the ties in. I have no idea how long this will take or how this is going to go. Nathan is uh, is also going to jot down the ties as we go along. Are you ready, Nathan? Ready here, Good, because I have no idea how this is going to go right. <laughs> so first one, I also scrunched up the balls quite tightly, so it may take me a while to actually unwrap them, which doesn't make for good radio. I'm, I'm very aware of that. Uh, but anyway, we have the first first club is number five, and that is Histon. So they will be up first. right, let's get into my bag again and, and try and get the next team out. Oh dear, oh terrible radio. Just me unwrapping a bit of paper. Against number two, oh, Boa and Exning. So the first tie is a uh, Histon against Boa and Exning. Hopefully, on a, on next week's show, if they if the the players of the respective clubs are around. If not, well, we might just be ruthless and just to say sorry, you uh, you couldn't make it, and uh, we'll award it to the other team. Anyway, the next tie is uh, number eleven, which is St Ives Town and Warboys. They're the next one. And they will be playing... I need to get a wriggle on, really, if we're going to head over to uh, to Mark's big question later on. And they'll be playing number eight, which is March Town. So St Ives Town and Warboys up against March Town. Moving on to the next one. And we have... Club 12, which is Cambridge NCI. Cambridge NCI will be taking on... They will be taking on... In the first round, of course, this is... Club 10... Which is Whizbeach Town? It's a Camerton CI up against Whizbeach Town there. i to the uh, the fourth. I'm so almost halfway there. Stick with us, please. Getting <laughs> there. <laughs> Club three, Saffron Walden. I believe Mr. Ben Harris, the skipper, will be will be up for that one, and he will be against. Da, da, da. I think I've given up just shuffling them now. I'm just sticking my hand in and picking them out. Fourteen, Needingworth. Saffron Walden will be taking on Needingworth in the first round. I wish I could see you doing this, Ollie. <laughs> I, reckon <it'd> be, <laughs> I reckon it'd be quite entertaining. <laughs> I don't think you, <laughs> you really would like to see me doing this. Oh, it's nothing like sort of Peter Crouch or Rod Stewart's full dip into the bag that time. Anyway, club number four is the next one, so Cambridge, and they'll be taking on, I believe, Johnny Atkinson's the man. For Cambridge, in the first round anyway, they will be taking on duh, 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 13, which is City of Ely. So, number four, Cambridge, against 13, City of Ely. How many tires we got left to draw, Nathan? Three more, I think. Three more. I hope so. It'd be odd, wouldn't it? I mean, it would be typical if we don't have it right. Anyway. Club 16 is next, Islam. Iceland, the lowest-ranked side in the competition. They will be taking on... I'll get into the bottom of the bag now. Iceland taking on... This one I did scrunch up very tightly. I think... Oh, I think that's a nine, not a six. We'll take it as a nine. Ramsey, 16. Iceland will be taking on Ramsey in the opening round. Can't be too many more left now. Here we go. Club seven, which is Foxton. Foxton will be taking on. So these clubs will be sort of be doing their first round of quizzing in, in a number of weeks. They've got a bit of a, a time to revise, if you like. Foxton will be taking on six, Eaton Soakin. Oh, a rerun of Sunday's Village Cup match. Do you look at that? You can say it was fixed. And I think I've got to the bottom of the bag, Nathan. So is this the last yeah, time? Yeah, last one. Here we go. Oh, thank yeah, God. Here we go. The listeners of a sigh of relief and it should be it should be he says if he can get it out number one of course saucen and babraham up against oh i know this is last out the bag uh oh, it's 15 it's Bluntisham. saucen and babraham up against Bluntisham. there we have it nathan can you confirm the ties for me right number one first up we've got histon versus Burwell and exning
1: the Battle of the Towns next up, St. Ives Town and Warboys versus March Town. Then we've got Cambridge NCI against Wiswich Town. Saffron Walden against Needingworth. Cambridge versus City of Ely. Iceland versus Ramsey. Foxton will be taking on Eaton Soken. And then last, we've got Sawston and Bebram
0: against Bluntisham. Lovely. I know the boys back at Bluntie will be loving that draw. Nathan, thank you very much. Thank you all for tuning in to the uh, FTP quiz cup draw. Hopefully the uh, rest of the process and the quizzing will be a lot smoother than uh, me scrunching up bits of paper and, uh, and Nathan jotting down the draw. Anyway, that is the draw. We'll be cracking on with the first round next week and the opening tie. Let's actually talk some proper cricket again now and uh, head back over to Mark because he's going to chuck us his big question. Go on, Mark. We'll give you the honours. What is it?
2: Um, so, my big question is um, whether... Division two and Division three of the uh, Cams and, and Hunts League should be wearing coloured kit.
0: Okay, we'll chuck. You know what? We'll chuck it open to to all the divisions in Cambridgeshire, whether they should be um, whether they should be wearing coloured kit. Of course, in line with the first division, who currently do at the the moment. Since you asked the question, Mark, what's your thoughts on it?
2: Um, I think the way cricket's going, sort of the modern element of the game. I think that would be uh, something that should be. Uh, maybe brought in, but I guess um, the real issue with this is comes down to cost, doesn't it, of the of the, of the balls that you need to play because obviously you play with a, either a white ball or a pink ball, so that's an extra cost, and obviously the cost of actually buying the kit for each club. So, you know, maybe it's something that can be discussed in the future, perhaps.
0: Yeah, so at the minute, in the first division of the Cavanlands Premier Leagues, there is a fifty-fifty split between colours and white. So, of course, there is increased cost in buying two sets of kits and also two sets of balls, like Mark just pointed out. Nathan, what's your thoughts on this? Would you be inclined to to go with a split? So you're keeping the skills of the red Bull still in the game, or would you go? You know what? Let's just make the the sort of lower leagues, perhaps the clubs who may not be able to afford two kits and two sets of balls. If you want, you can play in colours. How would you go about it? Well, it's interesting. It's an interesting one because if you look at the top levels, they don't play fifty-over red ball
1: cricket, do they? So I mean, there is definitely an, an argument there for just saying, well, you know, if it's coloured kit all the way, then then keep it that way. But then obviously. That loses the kind of traditional aspect, doesn't it, of your, you know, your everyday Saturday cricketer wearing, getting to wear whites. So I'm not quite sure, actually, to be honest. I know with the uni team, we played most of our fifty over stuff in league cricket in in colours, and we all quite enjoyed it. But at the same time, the boys were looking very, very nice in their whites uh, at Lords on Sunday. So I'm not quite sure. I think the 50-50 split is probably a good idea then.
0: Yeah, it's 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 an interesting one. I guess what you could do is so. Some clubs like the the idea of whites, and obviously some potentially might like the idea of colours. Is c- could you play whites? Some clubs, if you want, you buy whites. Some clubs, if you want, you buy colours and play with a pink ball. Presumably that wouldn't be an issue, would it, Mark?
2: Yeah, I suppose you, I suppose you could do that. I think um, Nathan's point um, where sort of the, the split is probably the best idea because you still get that traditional element of the whites, which we we can't forget. That's sort of the the historic sort of foundation of the game, isn't it? Um, but the sort of the modern way of it is definitely uh, with colored kits so i think maybe the split would work probably best
0: playing devil's advocate though mark should we just be hanging on to, to tradition for the for the sake of it if we if we're trying to entice young players and new players into the game should we i know of course then you're in danger of of maybe losing other players your current players to the game but should we be adhering to the the colors and the pink ball
2: yeah i mean it's an interesting topic isn't it i mean it's it's one for for discussion i think i think the kids seeing a lot of cricket on TV at the moment, with regards to like the the IPL and then like the newly formed uh, the hundred competition, they'll see coloured kits and and different coloured balls from an early age. So they'll be thinking of cricket like that. Whereas I guess how I grew up, it was all to do with you know Test match cricket and whites, and that's always been the way I've been brought up playing it. So I guess it depends how, how sort of which way you want to go with it. To be honest,
0: Nathan, for you, I, Ed Hyde, I was speaking to him. He's from. People, people who don't know, he's a keeper batsman for Histon, regular on the show. He was saying that he wonders whether the enthusiasm for coloured clothing will drop over time and whether people are interested at the minute because it's a new idea and it's relatively new for for club cricketers. For someone um, of the, the the younger age if you like, do you feel that, that coloured clothing will, the enthusiasm for it will drop over time or do you think it's here to stay? No, I think it's here to stay. I think there's
1: there's definitely an element of you know, when you when you get your set of white kit, you know what that looks like. But when you when you buy a set of coloured kit, there's that kind of enthusiasm of of, of buying a new kit, um, and that I don't think I don't I think everyone loves stash, don't they? So I don't think that enthusiasm among people my age is is going to drop off. The one thing I will say about your earlier point though about maybe the mix of teams playing white and coloured, we've actually done a few games like that in the uni this this year where we've played in coloured kit because that's our our league stuff. But the local club hasn't maybe hasn't had their delivery of coloured kit in yet, so they played whites and we played pink ball and it's looked a bit funny but in terms of the ball and seeing it etc it's
0: it's worked absolutely fine Mm. it's interesting my point really is is one I think you've both mentioned really and in in terms of young trying to entice young players into the game I think they'd probably if they're sort of walking around the boundary edge and and they and they see lads in whites potentially with a red ball they might not be as familiar with that nowadays than if they saw lads with colours on and herring around with a pink ball and that might maybe entice them in a bit more um, so maybe that's potentially the way, the way I go. And I also think now clubs and it general across all sports crave that identity, that sense of, of representing, for example, in my case, um, And in, in your case, market would be, be Newmarket. And I guess there's no way better doing that than having the colours of, of your club and wearing it in your games and, and, and really, say, for my case, it would be green and gold and, and representing those colours because you are Bluntisham and having that sense of identity.
2: Yeah, I mean, for, for Newmarket, we we wanted an identity from the start so that we could um, create something in the town so that people would be from, could familiarise themselves with with us. I think like the the football club has yellow and blue. The, the rugby club had sort of green and uh, I don't know if it's green and black. And we wanted to go sort of slightly different as well. So we went maroon and black. And I think that some of like people who are who are come and watch the some of the come and watch the cricket at the severals because it's an open field and it's quite close to the high street. You get a lot of sort of non cricket people, but they actually come down and. And they've got an interest in cricket, but I think you'd get more spectators um, if you had coloured clover. And I think it just brings that sort of fresh, exciting element to cricket, I think, which is um, can be lacking sometimes.
0: Mm. And just lastly, Nathan, on the point of the, of course, with a changing kit, you would have to, to change the ball potentially. How have you found playing with the pink ball this year? I know it's something you have a lot. Is it largely different from both a batsman and a bowler's point of view than a, a red ball? I think the game seems a bit quicker I think
1: there's more it just seems the action seems to be happening a bit faster maybe it's because the ball doesn't do as much and it, it, it gets hit off the bat harder and therefore you've got more boundaries maybe that's it but or maybe maybe it is just the excitement and novelty of, of playing in colored kit when you might not be used to it but things do certainly seem to happen a little bit a little bit quicker which just kind of that just kind of feeds into your point about like the excitement and, and drawing people
0: in doesn't it? Mm. An interesting question, one that will rumble on well into the night, I'm sure. Mark Nathan, thanks so much for your time this evening. That's pretty much all we've got time for on tonight's show. Just to, in fact, let's head over to back to the Twitter poll and see how the votes are, are stacking up currently. And it is in favour of making the switch to coloured kits 88% to 12%. But as I said, it's a debate that will rumble well on into the night, I'm sure.
2: From the Pavilion on Cambridge 105 Radio.
0: So that's all we've got time for on this week's From the Pavilion. Thank you very much for tuning in and if you've listened on the podcast as well. The show will be back next week, every week, Tuesday at 6 o'clock on Cambridge 105 Radio until the end of September. Nathan Johns, our new co-host, will be joining us as well. So thank you very much for him, for his contributions this week. Thanks again for tuning in and have a good rest of the week. (laughs) Bye-bye.
2: Cambridge 105.